It's not a diet. It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. Travel, recipes, interviews. Oh, so very vegan. The podcast. The podcast. And your host, the chief veganologist, Dean Iodisi. Welcome to episode five of Oh So Very Vegan, the podcast, and today we have a kind of a special show. I'm not going to be talking so much about vegan issues and things going on in the vegan world, but I chose this episode because I received, I've received been receiving some emails about the blog Oh So Very Vegan and how I got started and, and how um, you can get started as a, as a vegan blogger. And some of the questions I get are, hey, I'm thinking about starting a blog. I'm a vegan. Do you have how do I get started? What do I use? What what software do I use? And and questions like that. So I want I I thought wow, this would be a cool opportunity to put it all together for a show and because having your own blog or podcast and maybe we could do a podcast show down the road, but we'll get started with a blog, but having your own blog is a powerful tool to really get your message out there. And it's been an awesome tool for for me here at Osaberry Vegan. I'm going to tell you a little bit of how I got it started and some things that if you're interested in doing this, you should um, do as well because there are some mistakes that you could make in the front end that will hamper you in the future. And so if you start on the right track, then you won't have the pro- any problems down the road. When I started OhSoVeryVegan.com, we started this blog. It's not a very old blog. It's not even a year old. It's probably five or six months old. And we have a lot of traffic and a lot of traction. And so one of the things you have to think about when, you, when you're starting your blog before you even write your first post is what do you want it to be about? And so there's a lot of vegan is a niche and it's a great niche because it's something that you believe in. It's something that you like and that you want to talk about. So it's important to have that. So I'm not going to talk too much about the niche because we're already in one, the vegan lifestyle. Now, you can drill down even further because there's a ton of vegan blogs out there, and a lot of them are recipe sites. If you're thinking about starting a, a recipe site for vegans, it's a crowded it's a crowded space, right? And I'm not saying don't do it. I would say niche down in there if you really want to do recipes. So if maybe you just want to do an Italian food recipe vegan blog or a Japanese food um, vegan recipe blog or a barbecue vegan recipe blog, really drill down to the niche because that will capture a, a really good audience. So because there's so many vegan recipe sites that cater to to everything. Maybe you just want to do desserts. Maybe you just want to do appetizers. Maybe you just want to do tailgating or party planning. So there's different areas you can go that you can really dominate that space. There's other things other than recipes in the vegan space. And so let's take Oso, our blog, OsoVeryVegan, for um, OsoVeryVegan.com, for instance. What we are is we kind of cover multiple areas of the vegan space, like recipes. We do a few of those. We do travel. We do um, all kinds of uh, vegan news and updates. And then we have some fun on our Facebook page with 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 uh, memes and, and things like that. So we cover a, 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 an entire space. We do a lot of articles on travel, traveling to different cities and what kind of what are the good vegan spots? We're not niched down all the way, but what we are is, and what I've made the site to be, is the vegan site for the everyday vegan. Our attraction is new vegans, people that are 
not the extremists, but are just trying to live their lives every day. And so we're just kind of, we want to be a down-to-earth, everyday type vegan, living a, working a regular job, having a family who may not be vegan. And that's, that's our sweet spot. That's, our, that's who we're trying to cater to. What you can do, and when you start a vegan blog, you can then damper out into other areas like a podcast, like an e-mag, like a book, and I'll we'll talk about a lot of this stuff in um, other podcasts, and I'll kind of get you started on the blog. The first thing to figure out, as we said, is what who is your audience? It's vegan travelers? Is it vegan recipe people? Is it the everyday vegan? Is it the new vegan? Is it the person who's been vegan for 30 years? Is it the animal activist vegan? Is it the vegan who the vegan who just does it for health reasons? Figure out your niche and go with it. The next thing is choosing your platform. This is a challenging spot because there are a ton of platforms out there that you can post your blog on. You can post it on a social blo free blogging platform called Tumblr. You could post it on Blogger, which is Google's own Google owns Blogger.com. You can do it on WordPress.com or WordPress.org. You could do it on a service called Squarespace. Some of these services are free, others are paid. Blogger by Google is a free service. WordPress.com is a paid service. WordPress.org is a free service. Squarespace.com, which is a very popular do-it-yourself type of place, is a paid service. Now, when I say paid services, these are very minimal. We're talking $9 or so per month. My recommendation, of course, is the platform we use WordPress.org. It's a free open source project, uh, meaning you can download the source code, install it on your web server, and get your blog up and running. And there are literally thousands of great themes out there that you can get. You don't have to have any design experience, and you can have a rocking looking blog um, for you know uh, the price of a theme which is about $50, and you can get some great themes on um, themeforest.com or just go into Google and search WordPress themes. I'm going to put a little disclaimer on WordPress.org. It's a free open source project. You can use, it comes obviously with a base theme, which is not so pretty. You can buy some really nice themes, but it does come with the technical side to it. You have to know how to install it on a web server. That sounds harder than it actually might be. You can get a web hosting company like GoDaddy or Bluehost or HostGator. They have WordPress installed and you literally just have to press a button. But there's still a little bit of technical side to it. You can hire on Odesk or any of these type services. Um, you could hire someone to install your WordPress theme for you. It will be so cheap to do. The beautiful thing about WordPress is there's tons and tons of plugins available. If you can, if you're looking for a certain function on your blog, and if you can think about it, more than likely there's a plugin that gets the job done. And what a plugin is is it gives your blog capabilities. There's a plugin for forms. There's a plugin for sliders, you know, the sliders that you see on a homepage. There's a plugin for galleries, the photos on your site. Um, there's a plugin for an e-commerce store. So there's tons of plugins, and you can really adapt to this. The only thing you're paying for is your hosting service. Using a Bluehost or a GoDaddy, you're, you're, you're literally looking at 5 or $6 a month, so it's very minimal. The other alternative is to pay a service like Squarespace where you go into your, you pay 9 or $10 a month and they have multiple packages to choose from. 
and you build on their platform and you pay nine or again nine or ten dollars and and everything's done in your browser and they make some really beautiful sites here's my problem with squares with uh, Squarespace you're tied into their platform so you're at the mercy of their company if Squarespace decides to tr change something your site's changing with it. Yes, you can change down the road and output all of your content and then move it over to a WordPress platform, but it's not as easy as it sounds. It's always better to start on WordPress and go from there. Blogger is a free service by Google. You can do the same. You can start there for free. Everything's done in your browser. And later on down the road, if you wanted to move over to your own WordPress hosted site, you can then export all of your data. But again, it's not as easy as it sounds. It could be a little complicated. The formatting may not be right. Personally, I don't like Blogger. Everything you're doing, you're building authority on Google servers. Um, it's for people to leave comments, they have to log into a Google account. So I would say if you're going to use anything, don't use Blogger. It's just you're so limited in what you can do. My two scenarios would be a self-hosted WordPress site or a, a hosted WordPress.com. They also have a WordPress.com is their service. You pay them on a monthly basis. You build the website through the server. And they're, you know, I guess it's okay. I've never personally used it, but I do like WordPress.org. I like to download my own source code and upload it to my own server. And you can find people out there on Odesk that can do this for you very cheaply. Or you go, again, go back and get Bluehost or GoDaddy. It's installed on their servers. You just have to activate it. And you'll in the long run, you'll be, you'll be better. You'll be better served. The technical stuff out of the way. What do we write about? Again, you're chosen your niche. Now you have to choose your content. And how much content does one write on a blog? It varies and it changes over time. This is my recipe for success. Launch your blog, day one. Plan on writing a post every single day for at least one month. That scares a lot of people away. At the very minimum, three posts per week would be okay, nothing less than three. I do five on any blog I start. And the reason being is after 30 days, I have 30 plus posts. The more posts, the better because I'm writing about different things on my site and I'm getting indexed. I have more pages indexed in Google search engine and I have the ability to get search, um, get searched a lot better. And when I, when people come to the site, they're seeing lots more content. There's nothing worse than coming to a site and seeing two posts. People don't know how old the site is. I mean, they could see the dates on the posts, but I just like to launch after 30 days with at least 30 posts or 30 more the, you know, 20 posts minimum, five a day. I post seven days a week whenever I start a blog. I post every single day, sometimes twice a day. How do I find the time? I find the time. That's the way to do it. If you want to be a blogger successfully in the space, you have to find the time. I post about five. The minimum I want, I, want, I would recommend posting is 500 words. Obviously, you can go more than that. It would be better. 800, 900, 1,000 words. Not every single post because, remember, people are not going to sit down and read a 900-word a 900 post um, all the way through. So 500 is good. 900 is great for search engines. Use bulleted lists in your post so because you want people to scan over it, see if it interests them, and they could probably read a little deeper. In the first month, 
let's plan on getting 30 or so posts up there, post every single day. In the second month and third month, you can ease back. You can go three a day, three a week, two a week, and then over, you can even get it down in the fourth and fifth months to one blog post a week. But here's the thing, if you're only posting once a week, uh, you're going to start losing interest. You really, you really want to get in there and start getting people acclimated and reading your stuff. And so you always want to have a lot of content in there. I right now post probably twice a week, sometimes five times a week, sometimes once a week. It varies. I don't have a specific day that I post because sometimes I get writer's block and I don't know what to write about. You can write whole posts or you can write collaborative posts. What I like to do is to gain traction and get shares is I'll go ahead and I'll write a post. Um, uh, the top 10 vegetarian, the, the top 10 vegan cupcakes recipes, right? And so anytime you write a blog post that has the top five, the top 10, the top 20, people read that stuff because it's something they're interested in, in seeing. I'll go ahead and I'll write uh, the top 10 vegan cupcake um, recipes. And then I will go out on different blogs and I'll find 10 recipes from different bloggers or different recipe vegan sites. And I'll take a photo of that. Of, I'll take a photo from their site, put it number one, the photo of the site, the title of the, of the recipe, and below it I'll say recipe via and link back to that recipe uh, blog. And so I can get a long post ten, that will get a lot of engagement because people like the recipes. For, and I'm not writing any of the recipes. I'm just I'm promoting someone else's blog. I will also take a YouTube video of a vegan cup, how to make vegan cupcakes, and I'll put that on the post. And what that does for me is if it's a 10 or 15 minute video, people watch it for 10 or 15 minutes. And that's good for search engine optimization because people are staying on the page for a longer period of time. And that page should get ranked well. Another thing I'll do is I want to get a long page at this point. So somewhere in the Google algorithm, there is a there is something looked upon good that if a, you're getting a lot of page scroll, people are engaged with your site. Again, the top 10 uh, vegan cupcake recipes, I, I, I now have 10 pictures. So I'm ten. I have a long scroll because I do my I post my pictures about 600 pixels wide to fill my whole space. So they're about 600 by 400, and there's 10 of them. So I get a long page scroll there, and then I'll even go out and I'll try to find an infographic on vegan cupcakes. And there's tons of infographics out there, and I'll take the infographic and I'll put it on the site, and I can link it back to the owner of it. And what you're doing is you're promoting and linking to these other blogs, so you're not stealing anybody's content, you're, you're not taking it as your own, you're sharing with your community. And so this is a great blog post because you're not, you don't have to write anything, you're doing a collaboration of other people's stuff, you're getting people to stay on your page for a longer period of time, you're getting some comments and you're getting some shares. That's, you know, that's how you develop content and again, your knowledge on the articles you're writing is, is a plus because you're in this space, you know what you know about it. You've chosen your your little niche, and you're writing a lot of content about it. Host is in the magic is in the in the title, and um, so choose your titles accordingly, and um, you should have a a successful blog in a short period of time. And uh, I hope that helps because it's really exciting to have your own vegan blog, and you can you can you can really space out and meet some 
share your message and, and really hook up with some other some other people in your space. We're a little long on the on the podcast today, so I'll talk about in future podcasts how you can get involved in Facebook and running Facebook ads and help and start promoting your blog and getting a lot more traffic to it. So I hope this helps. If you've if you have any questions about setting up your vegan blog, you know, please reach out to me, editor at osoverryvegan.com. As I always say, I know your time is valuable and I really appreciate you spending it with us today. And in the end, veganism, it's not just a diet, it is a lifestyle, and we'll see you next week.